0: whatever today looks like, you know, I want to be faithful to what's in front of me because I can't rest on my faithfulness from five years ago and I can't reserve my faithfulness for what may come tomorrow or down the road. So today's all that we are promised. So today I'm just trying to celebrate, rejoice and be glad, praise God for what he's given us and, and be faithful to right here in this moment with you guys.
1: Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio, and Aisha Woods, Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, and musician. Together, they talk with artists and industry insiders to discover our connection between music and faith. You can connect with us on Facebook or Twitter, at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Aisha.
2: Hello, my friend. James, how you doing?
3: I'm doing good, Aisha. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. I can't complain at all. They say time flies when you're having fun, right?
3: Well, we're having a lot of fun, and uh, this week's episode is uh, is a nice one because we're going to catch up with Micah Tyler. He was on the podcast a few years back, and uh, I really like this guy because he's very genuine and uh, he works mm-hmm. hard. He's one of these guys that is always... Um, I, I wouldn't say he's a workaholic or anything like that, but he's always working hard, and he's um, he's. Um He's taking his craft and making it excellent. Like, he's always getting better, it seems. I, I shouldn't say it yes, that way, yes. but, but he's always trying to improve. He's always trying to make things better. And, you know, if if you listen back to the original episode that we had with him a number of years ago, uh, we were mm-hmm. talking about, you know, where how he started and, and how we got into this whole music thing. And so yeah. I thought I thought it'd be good just to see what he's been up to since we chatted last.
2: Good deal. Let's get into it with Michael Tyler. Micah
3: Tyler. Hey, Micah. Good morning. Hey, how's it going, guys? We're doing good. How are you? Wonderful. You've got That's James good. Curtis. We've chatted before, and you've got Aisha Woods yes. on the line as well.
0: Awesome. So is good to have Aisha you good to this see everybody? morning. Yes. Wait, is this is this Aisha, uh, singer-songwriter
3: Aisha? The one and only. Yes.
0: <laughs> okay, so you, you, there's no way you will most likely remember this. But I was a youth pastor back in a former life. And okay. you came you came to the Texas as a youth ministry conclave in Dallas, Texas, must have been 16, 17 years ago, maybe. Come and on. And did like man. a talk back concert. And I remember you coming and I remember being really impressed and, and being a fan of your music and everything else. So it's good to <laughs> it's good to finally chance get a chance to meet you almost two decades later. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's crazy. Do you remember that, Aisha?
2: <laughs> that uh, I don't.
0: <laughs> um. we, listen. We do a lot of we do a lot of things with artists that will not be something that is going to be at the forefront of our memory that far down the road. But I, I do remember oh, you. I remember, I remember getting like your EP was kind of included in like a box set of uh, of uh, music that we got that week. So, anyways.
2: Wow. Fun.
3: That's I, really yeah. really cool. I think it's amazing that how also artists That makes
2: me feel old. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> me too. I think it's amazing how artists can fake their way through like if a radio guy like me says, "Hey, uh, Mike, it's been a while since we chatted." And and you're kind of nodding your head thinking, "Uh, yeah, uh, uh, when I can't remember. <laughs> yeah Yeah, it's been a minute there's there's a lot of things it
0: has been a minute so there you go
3: yeah for (laughs) sure the the, the last time we chatted on Between the Grooves was five years ago Um, yes five years ago and And a lot can
2: happen in five years well yeah
3: I mean you shared (laughs) some stories and some valuable lessons about doors that God had opened for you Uh, we talked a little Mm -hmm. bit about worship you talked about what tour life was like for you and I guess that leads to my first question to you: uh, How have the last few years been for you? Ha- has anything happened?
0: Well, you know what? I, I don't know about how. how, how t- twenty twenty was kind of weird. Uh, yeah, you know, for uh, a lot of people. There's, there's, yeah. a, there's uh, but I didn't know if it reached all the way to you guys too. Uh, no, it it has been a it has been a wild last five years. We have we've definitely walked through a global pandemic, but on the other side of all that stuff too, um, just family-wise, uh, you know. Still, my wife and I are going to celebrate 20 years of marriage this year. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Our, our three, thank you so much. Our three kiddos are growing. Oh. Our oldest one's a senior in high school this year. Um, I guess in the, in the last five years, golly, I've, I've released a couple of records. We've, you know, toured and been all over the place. Uh, it's, mm. it's, it's been wild. But at the same time, I, you know, honestly, uh, I do. I, this, is, this is going to sound like you, I, I just said, you know, we do a lot of things as artists don't remember. I actually do remember talking to you last time um, when we did this this podcast. And, I, and when you mentioned the opening doors, it kind of brought back to me, you know, I, I think we, we talked about just faithfulness and what it looks like to just be faithful to what God's put in front of you. And um, honestly, I, I, there's a lot of things that have happened. We've been able to do a lot of things and see a lot of things, experience a lot of sure. things. But we're still trying today to do the same thing that we were doing five years ago, which is you know, mm. be faithful to what's in front of us. Some of the things in front of us have changed what it looks like, but at the same time, we're still just trying to be like, God, whatever today looks like, you know, I, I, I want to be faithful to what's in front of me because I can't, I can't rest on my faithfulness from five years ago. And I can't reserve right. my faithfulness for what may come tomorrow or down the road. So today's all that we are promised. So today I'm just trying to celebrate, rejoice and be glad, praise God for what he's given us and, and be faithful to right here in this moment with you guys.
3: One of the things I've noticed over the last uh, little while is many uh, singer-songwriters who were doing extensive touring you know, before the pandemic uh, changed their philosophy a little bit when they came out of the pandemic. They weren't doing as much uh, busyness and on the road and away mm-hmm. from their families as much as they were before. Have, has that been the same for you as well?
0: I mean, I, I, I definitely think that a lot of the uh, the... The blessings and the lessons we learned, like, here's the deal. I, honestly, when it came to the, the pandemic and the whole thing, I don't want anybody to be sick. I, I don't want to, to, to for people to feel the fear of those moments and that kind of thing. But at the same time, for our family, it, it was, I, I was traveling over 200 days a year leading up to 2020. Wow. And so wow. when it, when I, I had, I had probably, I don't know, 110 shows on the calendar Um, that completely got decimated down to nine shows for the entire year um, post. My goodness. The year after that. Yeah. Which, which really shifts things, but we ate more meals together as a family at the table. We spent more time really hanging out and like really trying to, again, be faithful to the moments that God was put in front of us. And so for me, we, you know when it's time to get back to work we're trying we, we also know that we have this calling in our life to go out and make disciples to go out and share the gospel to go out and, and proclaim and lift the name of Jesus so he can draw men to himself so we we want to answer sure. that calling but i think it's probably more affected my time at home so when I get home it's a lot easier for me to unplug unwind get out of the way because I don't want to just be busy when I get home. I want to make sure that if I'm out there working, I'm faithfully serving God. I, I, I tell people all the time, I, it, it wasn't this way for me before, but it's definitely crystallized a lot of my, my heart when I go out and play shows. Because I, sure. I, I tell people all the time, like when I, when I play, get through the concert, I just tell the audience, I'll be like, listen, just so you know, I did not come here to sing songs for you. Like does not making yeah. me a good dad to call home and be like, Hey, I'm so sorry that I missed the recital. Hey, I'm so sorry I missed your ball game or whatever, but you should have heard how loud those people clapped for me when I got through playing a song. <laughs> like that right, is not, right, that's right. not the kind of dad that I want to be. But if I can, if I can right. call home and say, Hey, I'm so sorry I missed these things, but we were able to talk about Jesus. The gospel was lifted up. We get to share honestly and faithfully with what God's doing in our lives for these other people's lives and lives were changed because of it. That's something that's worth leaving my house for. But when I get home, I'm, I'm ready to just be like, all right, now the thing that I want to be faithful to the most is the family in front of me. So I think yes. that it really, it, it really did just kind of like galvanize my heart when it comes to, you know, the separation of being, when I'm away, I want to make sure that I'm being faithful to that and, and still loving yeah. my family from those distances. But also when I get home, I want to make sure that I'm able to unplug and unwind a lot faster because I'm ready to be faithful to the mission field of my home
2: mm-hmm which is the first mission field really
0: that's right that's right
2: first ministry that's awesome brother uh, where is home for you
0: I was born and raised and have never moved out of the unincorporated township of Buna Texas so it's a really? little tiny uh, it, it's not even a city like we're we're not even a it, we don't have the same like we don't have a law enforcement. It's, like, it's this little town that me and my wife were high school sweethearts, grew up here uh, after high school, graduated and became a youth pastor at a little church a mile down the road from where I grew up. Um, did youth ministry for nine years here in my hometown. God called me to do music. We started traveling out doing music from Buna, and then we built a house, literally moved into it two weeks before the pandemic started um next to oh my parents, so the roots have reached all the way to the bottom like we're we're oh all yeah but st- still still traveling out of here two-hour drive to the airport or as i like to call it to a uh, free podcast to get me to the airport <laughs> every day uh, right, yeah. so i can fly out yeah. but uh but yeah this we're, we're 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 all the way in
3: do you guys have a mcdonald's in buna
0: Oh, that would be a luxury. I'd love to have. Okay, uh, we so we that's how small it is. That's, so that's, that's how small that's, it is, then. yes, right. No Walmart. We have we most of most of our restaurants are hooked to gas stations, which is kind of fun because because you can get a subway <laughs> sandwich. A you can get some beef jerky, which is just nice. That's a really nice thing you can do. Uh, there is one. There, there are a couple of standalone restaurants, but my favorite one is there's one and they just painted that they repainted the sign, so this is forever now. It's Joe's. Pizza and pasta, Italian, oh gosh. and Mexican, and American restaurante. <laughs>
3: Come on, man! So That's a lot of words on the side.
0: Oh, it's it's painted across the top of the building, and I love the it. like crawfish on Tuesday nights. Best burger in town. Breakfast buffet. They do a Chinese lunch buffet on Thursdays. It's Come all on. things to all people. That's what it is. Wow!
3: Wow! <laughs> yeah.
0: Well,
2: and I'm, tell me, you know the the uh, the owners or
0: Oh, I I'm probably related. Some of
2: your family members or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I've got a cousin that works there, I guarantee you. Like, there's no doubt in my mind.
3: (laughs) How often do you have to leave town these days?
0: Um, You know, it's actually been uh, a a bit of a crazy summer. We we released last year, uh, I'll say this, last fall, um, we kind of took some time off. It was the first, aside from pandemic years, it was the first – Se- touring season that I did not go out like on a tour bus for like an official tour, um, in in mm. probably I don't know a- eight years, um, and wow. so we we kind of took that time off because I was working on a lot of things. So I was I was writing a book at the time and I was finishing up my 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 EP called People Like Us, and so the Walking Free book came out January of twenty three. Um, then we I went on tour with Mercy Me and Taya um, that spring, and then we released the People Like Us EP that uh that april and so there's been a lot of things that we've done kind of through this summer between festivals and that kind of stuff but also a lot of things that have kind of walked hand in hand we kind of had that that, that uh planning time last fall it's been kind of like harvest time now so we're really kind of getting to celebrate the things that got we've been working on for so long um and so getting ready this uh this this fall to i'm, I'm doing like a little mini tour of like 11 shows with with my buddies uh john and caleb, caleb and john it's a new duo out of a uh, our label they're great um, Love them. Hallelujah. They're, they're awesome and yeah. their song hallelujah feeling is is just crushing right now and so yeah, it is. i'm super excited it'll, it'll, it'll be their first tour as a duo um so i'm super mm-hmm. excited bring those boys out for for a, about three weekends and then i'm hopping on a bus with matthew west for 20 shows this fall so um i actually nice. have one more show this coming weekend and then i'm off for like two and a half three weeks then we kind of start running again and getting some things uh rocking and rolling it's gonna be pretty pretty busy but super fun fall
3: and what about christmas awesome. have you already started planning for christmas as well
0: so so here's a fun fact about me um i i usually take off the month of december um and and the secret to my success is don't put out christmas music <laughs> I've, learned, <laughs> I've learned that if you put out a christmas song people actually want you to come you play gotta it. be on the road so, you better know it that's right so, so I put out one Christmas song in 2020, uh, which was w- which they can't actually come play if There's no concerts, so we put a Christmas song. It did well. A song called "Feels Like Joy." It was like a number one song, which was super exciting. Um, but we were actually getting ready to put out a Christmas single this year, and it, we're kind of on the fence about it. And finally, I was like, you know what? I think we'll probably do a Christmas EP next year. So my next December will be a little busier. But yeah, the plan- I think I I think I legitimately after Thanksgiving. Have one, song, one, uh, one show until like January the tenth or something. So praise yeah, God, wonderful. we're gonna, we're really gonna, we're gonna hibernate, enjoy the holidays. That's and, great. Uh, and, and enjoy that <laughs> yeah, that's time great. Away. Yeah.
3: I've always said, uh, I, I, I think a smart thing for any artist to do is once in a while, not every single year, like you. Um, like you've done, once in a while release a Christmas single because a Christmas single will get airplay in the month of December versus your regular music might get put on hold uh, because a lot of radio stations will go to like an all-Christmas format or whatever. But... a Christmas single lasts a few years too it's not like it'll just get played this year and it'll never get played again it gets played it gets recycled in the following years maybe not as much oh yeah you know and so that's a smart way to go and you don't necessarily even have to release an album like a Christmas album you could just you know release a single every few years and everybody's happy and everybody keeps you know Micah Tyler still you know in their mind until January hits or the end of end of December hits and, and the regular music kicks in again
0: well, I'm, now I'm wondering if I need to write a song called like Holly Jolly Easter. And then I double dip both holidays <laughs> it's just, that we really kind of hang around for a couple. Maybe, maybe throw in like an Arbor Day message in there. Go and get one more. So nah, I, that's, that, that's a good point. And it's it's fun because really I, I'll start getting tagged in radio playlists of playing that song feels like joy every year. And so but I think we I think we squeeze that turn up as much as we can to get the last drop out of it. So I probably need to. Uh, it, it's I've got. What's fun is I've got like two or three other Christmas songs that I really love. Um That when we go play these little, I, I play one Christmas show this year. So it, we'll we'll learn like three or four Christmas songs. They also expect me to play my radio songs, and then I get to surprise right. them with a couple of new Christmas songs they don't know, which is fun. So I'm excited to put out the Christmas music when the time comes. But with us having such a crazy fall, and then us having a crazy year of releasing a book and releasing the record. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of coveting that time off, but I think next Christmas yes. you, you'll be hearing a, a batch of Christmas songs from me.
3: Now, do you ever do Christmas in July when you're doing the summer f- festivals? Do you ever do, you know, throw in a Christmas song in the middle of your set in July?
0: Yeah, I, honestly, if I had more than one Christmas song, I, I would probably feel like I could like spice it up and kind of throw something in there. But for for me, it's 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 kind of fun because I. I when it comes to christmas music the, the the one the one hard thing for me was just doing christmas concerts in, in general christmas like traditional christmas songs are the hardest songs to play like yeah. they're all like jazz it. formatted <laughs> 19 chord songs or whatever and i'm going like gosh it's <laughs> a lot of effort mm-hmm. especially when it, when, when it comes to a christmas concert it's like you've got to learn like four or five christmas songs it doesn't sound like that big of a deal for you if i was leading worship somewhere learning four or five worship songs is not the craziest thing but when you learn right. like four or five Christmas songs, it's like going back to school. Like, it's like, it you is like really, it. it's, so it's true. So I, I we're, so I, I, reserve my Christmas time for Christmas time and, and July is just going to keep being the, 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 summer fun for us right now. But that might be, that might be something I'll look into <laughs> in the future. Who knows?
3: Yeah. I mean, you could throw it in there just to throw people off and see what, see what happens. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fun. <laughs> next, next July, I think it's planned.
3: There you go. You got, you got the idea oh, from gosh. us. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about the book?
0: yeah so so it's called uh walking free taking small steps to a big god and um what's what's funny is that originally it i had this idea for a seven day u version walk along um with my song walking free so the song come out and and and, you know again on the other side of pandemic stuff creative to go along with things and i started noticing more and more artists we're doing these like five day, seven day devotionals on you version mm-hmm. um, to kind of like like a little walk alongside of their their single. Walking Fruit was out on Christian radio, and we're trying to figure out ways that we could really cheer it on and, and really kind of maximize the opportunity of the song being out. Um, we made a music video for it that that really um, a, a was very impactful for me, just like getting to hear people's stories. We we uh, showcased and highlighted the ministry called Ground 40 over in North Carolina that I just love dearly. Um, they're doing some incredible work with men who just need to turn their lives around and and, and really give their lives over to the Lord and, and be transformed from addiction and from homelessness and imprisonment mm. and all these different crazy things. Um, and so we in the music video, we just kind of showcased and kind of sh- shine a spotlight on their ministry and told their stories. So when the music video came out, we started hearing all these stories um, from people who saw the video. And I started hearing everyone else's story of of their walk in freedom with Jesus and what what, it, what, it, what freedom meant to them and like what it looks like, how God completely changed their life and, and offers them this freedom in places where they felt captive. And so it really made me reflect on the freedom that God had get, had offered to me and what it looked like to walk alongside of that freedom. So I reached out to the management team and I just said, hey, what does it look like for a seven day you version thing? Can you just find out, I don't know how to do it. Like I would I'd love to write like seven devotionals. Wouldn't be hard for me to write, but like I really wanna right. make sure that we're doing it in the right format and stuff. And he says, yeah, I'll go check on that. And I said, hey, also I got an idea for a kid's book. He said, oh, cool. And I told him the idea for the kid's book and he goes, man, let's, let's see if we can figure that thing out too. I said, awesome. So I'm about to go on tour with Mercy Me uh, that I think fall of 20, no, the spring of 22. Um, I'm getting ready to go and all of a sudden I get a, a a phone call a couple of days before and says, hey, when you come to town for the for the tour, we're going to fly you in a few hours early and meet. you're going to meet with a publisher. Someone's interested in the book. And I was like, oh my gosh, this kid's book, is this is happening. Mm-hmm. So I show up to the meeting and, and they said, hey, we're very excited about the idea for the book. I said, oh, me too. They slide across this paper, kind of an outline of what they wanted to talk about. And the outside says, walking free devotional. And I kind of said, Whoa. oh, well there's a little confusion. I had a kid's book and they said, Oh, we like the kid's book, but that's something we want to work on later. But right now we're really intrigued by this walking free devotional. I said, well, it was only going to be like a week's long worth of stuff. And they said, do you think you can come up with more than seven, seven steps? And I was like, well, yeah, absolutely. I said, I was trying to narrow it down. Uh... So in in that meeting was an author named Robert Nolan, who's become a dear friend. He has an incredible, incredible writing that goes along with like, men's ministries and, and, and just just a very impactful writer. So we became fast friends. And, and what was crazy was we wrote this book uh, in a lot of ways um, on my visits back and forth to the airport. Um, I, I would be sitting on tour buses. I'd be sitting on airplanes. I'd be sitting at my house. Or there were even times where I'm sitting next to my brother as he's getting chemo treatments. And I'm just writing about the freedom of God. Um. Some situations were good feelings. I was in good situations. And I was writing about how, how, what that looks like to be exhilarated and excited about the freedom of God. I'm also sitting next to my brother who, when you're going through chemotherapy can feel very, you can feel very imprisoned by that moment. It doesn't yeah, feel sure, like freedom sure. being sure. sitting there strapped to a chair where they're pumping chemicals in your body as you're trying to beat Oof. a disease. But at the same time, I'm still seeing him live out the freedom of God in his own life, and so it's just I'm I'm, hmm. so I'm writing all these things down, and then when I'm in uh, in a car to and from the airport for two hours, um, instead of popping on a podcast, I would call Robert. He'd record our conversations. I'd be like, hey. Let's just talk through. So I, started, I I had all these steps lined out and then he just sat there and, and we really just kind of communicated back and forth until we wrestled down, you know, 40 something ideas. And, and the whole the whole idea of the book and the crux of the whole book, and I'm so proud of it. And, and the response has been so, so special so far. It's basically an invitation of me saying, like, hey, here are the steps that I've taken, that Jesus has walked with me, that he's called me out to, that he has carried me in of learning what it means to follow after Jesus and walk in that freedom one step at a time, would you walk with me? Like these are not untested battles that we've walked through. Like I'm trying right, to write right. from very honest places. Cause when I write music, I've got two rules. Rule number one, everything I write has to be lined up with scripture. Right? That's a given. I don't want to yes. offer anything to you and your family that I wouldn't offer to mine. It doesn't line up with what God's already said. Cause if God's already said it, it's worth singing. It's worth talking about. It's worth writing. Sure. And then rule number two, is I want to make sure that these are things that God's given to my point of view. Like, I want to make sure that I have walked in these shoes. I've taken these steps. I've felt these things. I want these songs to serve as as time capsules for me. Cause I can't tell you what I ate for breakfast the day that I wrote, never been a moment. I can't tell you what shoes I was wearing the day that I wrote songs like different or even then, or, or walking free, but I can tell you what God was doing in my heart. I can tell you the day that I wrote, never been a moment um, was literally the day after I'd signed my first record deal. And so that, mm-hmm. that song basically just details all the ways that I've looked back and seen there was not a single moment that God was not with me and walking beside me and, and being there the whole time and loving me through all of our ups and downs and valleys and mountains and everything else. And so I really, I can tell you what God was doing in my heart each day. So with this book, I, I, I wanted to say like, okay, what would what was a day in the life look like for me of, of trusting the steps that God's calling me out in faithfulness? And so it's been really neat to hear because people really have responded well to it. And, and it's been neat to see people taking the same journey and taking these same steps and, uh, and just doing it, you know, following up to Jesus one step at a time.
3: You know, when you think of the awesome. task of actually writing a book, I don't know if I could ever get into that mindset, let alone the patience of writing a book. And I'll qualify that in that I'm a radio guy, so you got to keep everything concise, so if you get sure. me if you get me in a room where it's just like kind of a question answer I could talk for an hour and a half, right? Um, uh, if somebody's yeah, asking absolutely. me questions and prying and stuff like that, but for me to formulate my thoughts on paper, I don't I don't know that I could do that effectively. Um, and I bet so, you could. I, no, I, I know I can't. I, I would, I would over, <laughs> I would overthink it. That's the problem, you know. Versus, hey, well, that's
0: that's the that's the beautiful thing about writing, though, is that honestly, you're talking to a guy who has to get his point across in three and a half minutes. Like that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. Been that's literally been my whole life. Is I'm trying to. Get down to the core of what I'm trying to say as fast as possible. Yeah, sure. Make it memorable, and we got to repeat that chorus three times. You know what I'm <laughs> right, so yeah. I So, like, really,
4: we're
3: we're, <laughs> we're trying.
0: We're, we don't we don't have room to leave extra meat on the bone. It's like really trying to get down to the nitty gritty. So it was exciting yeah. for me, and I think part of that was is I I spent nine years as a youth pastor. So for me, I was preaching you know, two, two sermons and teaching a lesson every week for nine years. Right. And so I probably was a little bit, li- just a little bit backed up. Like I've, I, I spent 12 years and, and, and part of me, you know, in my live shows, I'm trying to do way more than just get out there and sing songs. Like I really want to share right. the gospel well. I really want to make sure to, to tell some of the stories that go along with the, the songs and stuff. And, and on the radio, every once in a while, you guys will get a blurb from me saying like, Hey, this is Micah Tyler. Here's a story behind my song. Such and such, and it's thirty seconds or a minute long, but it was neat yes. for me to get to actually stretch my legs and say, okay, a lot of time went into three and a half minutes. So ja- James kind of go along with your point, like really, it does feel like, man, I would just kind of keep going on and on. Well, in a book, you're kind of supposed to, <laughs> you're yeah, supposed yeah. to say, mm-hmm. okay, what are mm-hmm. the big picture and how can we really, like, let's just take time to explore this space to really kind of find out not to be confined and, and there's definitely parameters into it. And we try to make it to where instead of it being like a one page devotional for each day, um, it's like three pages each. We kind of made them like in a little, like mini chapters almost where it doesn't take Mm -hmm. more than, you know, eight eight to 10 minutes to read through it. But it, um, my hope is that it really leaves with some every single day ends with three questions. Um, to kind of some self-reflection and stuff which i like it because we left spots in the book to write in there so we end up kind of writing a book together because every day we go through these steps together then you write your your answers inside and so it ends up being like us writing a book you know simultaneously together right here um, but yeah, but it's really getting explore these spaces and really talk about what what freedom would look like if we really did try to spend a day thinking about it. So, so yeah, so it was it was definitely I I I still have a hard time when people are like, yeah, author Micah Tyler because it doesn't feel like that because I'm still trying I'm again just trying to be faithful to what God puts in front of me. But um, it was really fun, and actually we we've, we've got an idea for another book, and so we're trying to figure out. When to do that if we do that you know I, I'm, I'm not trying to rush that along but if the time comes to do yeah. it um it was a really exciting and having robert as being like a co-writer on that whole thing he he's an author like he's a full-fledged actual writer guy so for me, it's like I can communicate with him. We can go back and forth. We can I can write my sections and send it over to him, and then he actually makes it look like I'm you know we're writing this. It looks like real writing after he gets a hold of it. So that I, I don't know that mm-hmm. I would do it without That's someone really like cool. that. But with someone like that, it made it it was exciting.
3: I could see myself doing yes. it with someone like that, trying to try and take yeah. what I'm thinking or or saying and make it sound better. Maybe that that would be the way to do it, but. It would
0: certainly
3: certainly stretch (laughs) me, though. It's, it's, uh, I mean, you said you would do it again. Is the children's book the next thing, or is it going to be something related to a song? Or,
0: no, I've, I've got so I've got a song called Story I Tell. That I, if you look through scripture, it's really exciting. If you look through scripture, just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, there's nearly 30 times that someone's story is told about their life changing encounter of when they met Jesus. Um, but their names never get mentioned. So like, Mm. and and we, and we still call all of them by the things they used to be, we call her the woman at the well, and there's this whole story and we never learn what her actual name was, but we know her story right? and we still know her by her past. We don't call her the woman who got up from the well, we call her the woman at the well. Mm. Like they're, 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 they're frozen in time as being these people. But I I think that it's like the, the lepers, um, the thief on the cross. Uh, it's all these people. Right, that you go right. through these, it's a it's a fun it's a fun study. They've just got to go through the scriptures, go through the gospels and just find all these different people like Peter's mother in law. We don't know her name. Like there's all these different people. <laughs> but but I, I but I want to just take time to be like, hey, because I meet a lot of people everywhere that I go that feel like because of the things that they've done or the things that have been done to them, they're always going to be known by what they used to be. But the gospel right. tells us that we are a new a new creation in Christ. And sure. so I just want to write a, write a, write a book about this no name Hall of Fame and just kind of say, hey, let's 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 understand that we all have a past. Let's all understand that there's things that have been out of our control that we've gone through. Um, but the oldest passed away. Look, behold, the new has come. And so God's writing new stories in our lives. And so I, I, that's something that I would like to just kind of explore more because, again, it's a, it's a four-minute song that I love. And it does a ton of ministry when I go out and doing it. been singing that song. That's the oldest song on my set list every night. I wrote this song like 11, 12 years ago. Um, but at the same nice. time, it's been like, it's, it's something that I, I, I love, just kind of getting to tell people the truth of what scripture tells is that the one, the one who did not know sin became sin so that we don't have to live in that past anymore so that we could share in right. the, in the fresh righteousness of, of Jesus.
2: Man, but the
0: kids book's still out there. We got that. We got that on the back burner. <laughs> okay.
2: okay. <laughs> it's it's coming. Listen, you're, coming. you're an animated guy. Like I've, I've watched your videos and, and seen yeah. you do ministry. And were you ever in show choir, like in high school <laughs> or, you know,
0: no, I, my music background, uh, I was in choir in school until fourth grade. Uh, okay. and then, and then I was, I was in the junior high band. played baritone, which really doesn't translate to CCM very well. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I left my, my last year there was, was seventh grade. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I kind of got out of music. Like I, I would sing in church, um, like sing a special mm-hmm. or, and that kind of thing. But our, our school ended up getting rid of the choir in high school. Um, because we were just oh, wow. a small school, and so I okay. didn't really have any kind of avenue. Uh, in fact, I was—I uh, became a youth pastor at eighteen. Um, started uh, doing ministry there, and and our little youth group had seven kids when I first started. Um, well, a couple mm-hmm. of years into it, got married, and our youth group had grown up to about thirty to forty kids, and so it's a little wow. church of a hundred people. So it was—it was awesome to see that. I, and I started getting nervous. I was like, "Man, I got to offer something special to these kids on Wednesdays to make these services feel like really special and stuff." Um, and I thought, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll buy a guitar. And one of these kids in the youth group will learn to play it. And then like, I'll have them mm-hmm. lead worship and I'll preach a sermon. And that kind of makes it feel like it, like these nights will be special. So I went and bought this cheap guitar, hoping that one of the kids would learn it. And they did not. They did not. <laughs> they didn't. And this is pre-YouTube days. And you know, to, to, to date myself, this is before YouTube and that kind of stuff. So I was like, "Oh my gosh! I've spent my pizza budget on this guitar. I should probably learn how to play a <laughs> few songs." And so, no, no one in my family is musical, um, and so I, mm-hmm. I literally just locked myself in the bedroom. And so for a couple of months, I would spend like an hour or two a day just, just hammering out four chords, just G D E minor C over and over again, which unlocked most of the worship songs <laughs> from the '90s, which is great. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. Um, that's right. And so, and. And most so of the CCM a,
2: songs and I mean, trans- today.
0: <laughs> I mean, most of my songs that have been on my last three records. Uh, no, so, so I, I legitimately would go in there and I would just leave songs. And then it turned into me going, like, oh, I could write something funny to go along with this, um, this message that I was preaching. Like one month, we did something called Movie Month. And so every every week, what I would do was I would take a different genre of movie and I would say, What if like if we would do like action movie and I would say, well, what if, what if a, a movie director, this is right after passion of the Christ would come out. I was like, what if Mel Gibson got a hold of David and Goliath? How epic of a story would that be? So then I would tell the story yeah. of David and Goliath. Uh, I, I did romantic comedy, um, which is the story of uh, of Jacob as he walks through the field and he sees Rachel and he walks up. He says, you know, I, I loved you my entire life. I, I mean, I, I love you. I want to marry you goes to the dad and he goes, yeah, you can marry my daughter. Well, it ended up being Leah. He married Leah for seven years, and anyways, right? We, that was a romantic comedy. So like, I so I would write little funny songs <laughs> to go along as the soundtrack to these movies. Like it was just that kind of the thing. I had well, no idea that after after playing guitar for seven years and singing for my youth group and having youth pastor buddies call me up and have me come play at their youth camp or weekend retreat or church service or whatever that God was going to call us to step out and and to do this full time. And so it wasn't because of a record deal or a tour bus. It was just us feeling this call to to be faithful, because I'm sure I probably said the last time we talked, James, but like um, we will never stand before Jesus and him say, well done, that good and successful CCM artist or successful DJ or successful teacher or fill in the blank of whatever you try to be successful at. Our job is to be a faithful servant. And so God was calling us to be faithful to the calling of doing music. So we sold over half of what we owned, bought a single-wide mobile home trailer, put it on some borrowed land, and I started doing odd jobs and doing a little music on the weekends, just trying to be faithful to what God was calling us to. Um, and that was, uh, it'll be 12 years. No, uh, it was 12 years this past January that we've been doing this. So, so yeah, so I, I don't come from a musical background. I, I, I've kind of been learning on the job <laughs> since I've been doing it. Uh, That's and it's, awesome, it's, and bro. It's been neat. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't get to rest on some sort of a – uh, an education or whatever um which which for me really makes me draw near and need jesus more in the midst of all this because i really to this day i don't really know what i'm doing i'm just trying to be like hey if you whatever what, whatever whatever you put in front of me i'll just be faithful to that thing and so that's that's kind of how Man, I love able that. To, to keep doing it
3: yeah well that's uh re- really relying on god that's for sure Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: trying to. That's that, that and, and that's that's one of the greatest gifts that, that God can give us. Not not just as a musician or being in the music industry, but like in life. One of the greatest gifts that God can give us is the hardest gift to receive is need. Um I think that we really want to feel okay. Like we really want to have our stuff mm. together. We want to make sure that we have we have our ducks in a row, that we feel strong enough to walk into battles and stuff. But going back to the story of David and Goliath. I think that a lot of pastors try to tell us, and I've heard a lot of sermons, and I I think it's out of, it's, it's not out of deceit or anything like that. But I think sometimes we misjudge our role in the story of David and Goliath. I think that we want to be the hero of our story. We want to be the one who descends the hill and picks up the river stones and knocks out the giant. But if we're really trying to get down to like who we are in that story, there was an entire Israelite army, an army that was chosen by God that stood on top of that hill for days and days and and did not have the strength was were, were too afraid to come down the hill and take on a giant and he stood there and mocked them for days and days and days and it took a little mm-hmm. shepherd boy walking down with his faith to to descend that hill to look that giant in the eye, know that the lord was with him and to knock out the giant and the thing is so if we're looking at who we are in the story we are the scared israelites who cannot descend that hill we don't have the strength we don't have <laughs> to come down and face a giant. But but what happened was there was a shepherd that descended the hill in our lives, named Jesus, um, to take on this giant. And the thing is, when we look at the story of the issue, they needed someone to show up and take on this giant for them, right? And then all of a sudden, God provided their need by sending David to come down the hill and to knock out this giant and do this thing. And you would think, because I know in my life there's been times where all of a sudden I'm needing something and it's provided, but but in this story, like I go, man, I would battle as one of the Israelites on top of that hill of just feeling ashamed every day. And so when David comes down and, and, and knocks him out, I, you know, they, they could have felt that shame, be like, oh my gosh, we should have done that. Why didn't we trust the Lord that way? Why didn't we do this thing? But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that as soon as the giant fell to the ground and David knocked his head off, all of a sudden, The Israelite army comes rushing down the hill because now they are co-heirs in the victory that was given to them by God. And so for for us in our lives, the greatest thing that God can do is give us need because he can supply those needs and we get to share in the victory on the other side of it too. So for me, there's been so many times where I'm going like, God, I have no idea what we're doing here. I need you to help me in this situation. Not outside outside of music, when it comes to going through Hurricane Harvey and having 40 inches of rain poured on our house, when it comes to a brother who's battled cancer, he's in this third battle of cancer right now, when it comes to missing Hmm. my family and not being there all the time, going through a pandemic, whatever that is. I mean, God has offered so many opportunities for me to need him, but he has also been so good to be not just a promise maker, but to be a promise keeper as he supplies all those needs, as he meets all those needs in abundance and more.
3: Come on, preacher. Yeah, come on. I'm just, I'm just (laughs) hearing the optimism in your voice. Is there, is there any a time that you feel fear, that you feel like either unworthy or just like, I don't know what the heck is happening here. I don't know if I can do this. Every single day.
0: Every single day. Like, honestly, every time I go to take a stage, there's this there's this feeling in me where I'm going like, the enemy is so, he's so good at what he does. Like, but he's no match for the, the comforter, for the helper that God right. is. Like, here's the deal. When we're going through Hurricane Harvey, I remember, I remember this. I, so I was on tour with Big Daddy Weave. I was in Phoenix, Arizona. I live in Texas still. Um, I'm on a tour bus. I wake up that morning and my wife calls me at nine o'clock in the morning and just goes, hey, I, I don't know what to do. That hurricane out in the Gulf has has turned and it looks like it's going to hit us. And Her- Harvey mm. looked, looked vicious. It looked rough. So I was like, okay, what? A, what? So I went and talked to the Big Daddy Weave guys and they were so incredibly kind of like, listen, we're going to fly you home. You've got to go home. Well, the airport in Houston was shut down. So I took a three and a half hour Uber um, over to phoenix arizona by the time i got to the airport all the flights to houston were canceled and so i was going oh my gosh what are we going to do they, they were able to get me to dallas texas which is five hours from my house so i flew over to dallas drove five hours in a rental car pulled up into my driveway at two o'clock in the morning as the first drop of rain from that hurricane hit my windshield i go inside the house and, and, and i remember begging god to be protector in that moment just being like, god would you protect my house and so um, I go inside and we're living in the little mobile home at the time. Um, and one thing that I think should be incorporated in commercials for mobile homes is that you have a three foot head start from floodwater.
3: Yeah. I was going to, th- that's what I was two, thinking. You're off the ground. Yeah. This is great.
0: And so and so when 40 inches of rain hits my house over the next couple of days, um, the water goes under the house, praise God. But the problem is, is that when you have 40 inches of rain running over the top of your foundation, it can really mess that up too. And that's what it did. So all of a sudden our house started to bend and break. And we saw hole, over the next couple of weeks, saw holes and weak spots sort to develop in our floor and our walls. And we're going like, oh my gosh, God, we asked you to be protector. Why you didn't protect us the way that we asked you to. But in that season, we got to learn who he was as provider as we put it back together. And I remember just a couple of weeks after the storm was, my brother was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And we're going, God, we need you to be healer. But what God wanted to do in that moment was he wanted me to get to know him as a comforter. And so he just started comforting my family as we kept kind of walking along through this whole thing. So over and over again, we got to know God. When we would present our needs to him, we may have a plan of point A to point B that we thought that he was going to take to really meet that need. But the reason why I feel all the more I'm um, comfortable boasting in my weaknesses is, is because it says in scripture that it w- w- was that Um, Paul said, um, I will boast all the more in my weakness because in my weakness, your strength is made perfect. So you're asking like, you know, do it, do I still have those fears? Do I still have those you know moments of insecurity? Absolutely. And here's the deal. The devil tells the truth. Sometimes he is the author of lies, but sometimes he gets in our ears and says, you're not worthy enough. You're not good enough. And the truth is we are not, but, but because of jesus he is more than worthy to save. he is more than good enough to meet our needs he is more than a conqueror to be able to walk into our lives and be all the more sufficient with the grace that he offers to us and so yeah so i do i feel those fears absolutely every single day do i have a god who can meet all those needs and more absolutely every single day
3: you know very often we see artists as living that perfect life from from an exterior point of view Um, sure a lot of times especially on social media or on stage we see all the good things and we don't recognize or realize that you're going through things just like everyone else so it's it's nice to see or or meet a real person
0: (laughs) the most popular video i have uh to my name to this date is a music video for different which basically talks about um all the things that we were walking through it was I, i told the label i was like, hey. This song, Different, was not written for these things, but this song is ministering to me in the midst of all these things. So this was legitimately a month after the hurricane and a few weeks after my brother's cancer diagnosis. Also, my grandmother had just been diagnosed with blood cancer right before the storm. So I remember when it was time to shoot that music video, I said, hey, I just wanna spend like a minute before it starts talking about what we're going through. Which is, here's the thing, I think a lot of times we we would love to be portrayed as strong. We want to be the heroes of our story. But in that moment, I just felt led. I was like, man, I think people need to know that God is still making all the difference right now in my life in our weakness. Like I said, I mean, again, what, if, if Paul wrote that, you know, I will boast all the more in my weakness. This is Paul. This is like varsity level Christian that we're talking about here. Like he's he's the guy who says, follow me as I follow after Jesus. He's I know he's pretty high said,
3: up there. I mean, I know what you're he's saying He's high up
0: there. <laughs> But he's like, but he's like, I'll boast all the more in my deficiencies because God is all sufficient in the way that He can come behind my story. So we shared that about the different thing. And Matt, I got to tell you, for for the the last six, seven years since that video comes out, there's there's not a show that goes by where I don't talk to somebody who tells me like, oh man, I was going through a really tough time when I saw that, or I was, I had a, a brother who was sick, or or a, a husband who was sick, or I had all these different things that 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 those videos that video has really ministered to them in a way. And again, it's it's boasting in the weakness of that moment, not me trying to come across as some sort of a super Christian that day. So I, I've just kind of learned that, you know, if I'm going to because I, I feel like that the best job that I can do um, as a as a, a person on a stage is not to point to how strong I am um but to point to how, how strong he is and sometimes pointing to how strong god is means that we have to talk about our weaknesses because he is able to overcome the weaknesses in our lives and so that's kind of where I I I feel a lot more comfortable just kind of laying out there and being like hey today's a hard day but god's still good um as my new single praise the lord that's that, I don't know if you've seen the music video for it or not
3: great song great but, song awesome song oh come on yeah i love it thanks
0: man well and, and we, the music video idea came from i wanted to write a, we wanted to write a song that just talked about you, know, you praise God in all situations, that he is worthy of a praise before the battle, in the battle, after the battle is over with. And so when it came time to make a music video, it's, it's an up-tempo fun song. Um, and so I didn't want to like go into hospital rooms and like some of the dark places where we still need to be praising God. I was like, what if we just make a video about all the different mishap and annoying things that we go through on a daily basis? If it's a <laughs> car breaking down, if it's going to the dentist, if it's standing in line at the DMV, like whatever that looks like, what if we just like made a video about that? So uh, Elliot Eicheldinger, who's the same guy who directed the music video for Different, the music video for Walking Free. I called him up and I was like, hey, can we just like run amok around uh, East Nashville for a few days and just see what happens? So that's what happened. We ended up going in there and running around uh, Franklin, Tennessee and Nashville, Tennessee, just kind of pointing out a bunch of calamities and saying like there's a God worth praising in the midst of it. But again, I-, I get people all the time who are like, I was having a rough day and I saw this video and it reminded me that God is still worth praising right now. So I, that, that's a posture that's a lot more comfortable for me to be in, um, slash uncomfortable. Cause I, I don't want, I, I, I'm not a guy who's looking for people to feel, you know, sorry for our situations or to, to, to like, I don't, it's, it feels a lot better to talk about how great things are going right now. But at the same time, I'm just learning more and more that if we're going to be the church, not, not be the Christian performer and be the Christian consumer, but to be like, what if we're the church, the church actually has to lean on each other and point to their back to. The truth of trusting God daily, and so this song was another like arm, an extension of, a, of, of that belief in my life.
3: I love it. I really do. It's a great song, and uh, like you said, the video is is comical but yet so true and so meaningful at the same time.
0: Hmm.
3: There you go. I want to thank you for your encouragement. Uh, th- this has been a great conversation. I think when people hear some of the background like you've shared, uh, it's it's really encouraging to know that hey. Uh, God has everything under control.
0: Yeah, I mean, going back to Paul back in Corinthians, you know, that we, we hear the story about the thorn in his side. And he said, three times I asked God to remove it from me. Um, there's a lot of different theological views of that. Some people believe, some theologians believe it was an actual, like a thorn, like it was some sort of an ailment that he had, like a physical in his side kind of thing. Tried to get it fixed, couldn't get it fixed. It just kept hurting him. Um, some people think that it was the Church of Corinth. Like he was writing to, the, to the, the Corinthians at the time and this church, every time he turned his back was just getting into more trouble. And he'd go in there, he'd write them a letter, he'd tell them what to do and they'd be like, oh yeah, yeah we got to get our stuff together. He'd turn around and they just would fall to pieces all over again. But God had called him to stay at this church and really like com- continue to walk alongside of them. There's all kinds of different things. So which here's the deal. That means if there's something physical in our lives right now that, that is weakening us. The, maybe God is not going to just remove that thing from us. Maybe God's going to say, hey, let me walk alongside of you. Let me let me carry you. Let me let me point your eyes back to the author and perfecter of what this faith is supposed to look like. Um, maybe it is something emotional right now. Like it's, it's just this emotional thorn, this, this scars that we carry around. Maybe God's not going to just take it out of your life today and everything be fine. Um, maybe you're going to walk through that and you're going to become stronger because you trust Jesus in the midst of it. Maybe it is a relationship that you have that either it needs to be removed from your life, but if God keeps you in it, if it's a if it's a spouse, if it's a mom or dad, or a son or a daughter, um, maybe it's this opportunity for God to be able to show you how he still holds all things together when it feels like things are falling apart. So. Yeah. I, again, I I, just, I want to boast all the more of my weaknesses because that's that's where God's strength is made perfect.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for your time, Micah. It's uh, we were trying to get with you before the book came out earlier this year. Yes. And so we finally were able to connect, and uh, I'm glad we did, and and everything worked out perfect. So it's all in God's timing as well. So
0: there you go. So appreciate you making the
3: time for me, man. Thank you, Micah. Have an awesome day. Hi, right, brother. See you. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye, bye. To find out what Micah Tyler is up to, check out his website,
4: micatyler.com.
2: And right here, we're going to check out some artist advice from my friend, David Leckie.
4: I wish there was some way to eliminate sometimes everybody in between the promoter and the artist. And even if it's a five-minute phone call or something, I just... Sometimes it takes weeks to where a question or two could be answered and we could be dealt with and it would be more effective for the event and it would be more effective uh, i think it would help the artist and it would help the promoter as well and i think it would even lessen the amount of business that goes on in between Mm -hmm. so i think i wish artists were more and i understand why they're not um because i think they probably feel they're i mean they're they're the amount of time they would have to put into the business would double or triple. But I wish they could even be limited to two or three minutes to where um, an artist could just have a straight conversation with, with with the person that's promoting or putting on the show. I wish there wasn't. Mm. Just, just some time for questions. So a few questions.
3: Yeah, sometimes there's a lot of layers between the artist and the promoter. And it would be nice. I I understand what he's saying about um, having almost like a staff meeting or something like that, whether it's a weekly thing or a monthly thing, just to catch up. And if there's any specific questions, it would just uh, streamline the whole process versus emailing back and forth or or multiple layers of messages getting through. You know what I mean?
2: Right, right. Oh, absolutely. Um, It's one thing to maintain um, a certain amount of space so that the artists can focus on what they need to do prior to an event but at the same time we're human and if we get to a place of being untouchable like that just i don't know i kind of have a problem with that yeah. where artists get to a place where they okay you talk to my people yeah and, <laughs> yeah come on yeah, I, Jesus I, wasn't like that, that that's true. <laughs> you know,
3: I under, I do understand it from that perspective. And sometimes it's beyond the artist's control. Like sometimes it's something that the label uh, sets up right to, to right, give them that right. privacy, to give them that time to create and and prepare and, and whatnot. So I do understand sure. it. and And maybe that's why some artists that have been with labels end up going independent because they feel that they've lost that connection.
2: Mm -hmm. Connection is so, so very important Yeah
3: Yeah. Well, that is it There's the music It's time for us to go Uh, Thanks for tuning in Thanks to Micah Tyler For uh, chatting with us as well Appreciate that And until next time See you on Between the Grooves Yes, sir
1: Thanks for listening to Faith Strong Today's Between the Grooves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, would you consider sharing it with your friends? Rating our podcast or giving us some love on your socials to your amazing friends and followers will only help us reach more people. We'd also love to hear from you and share your feedback in an upcoming episode. Send your video or written message to Aisha and James on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves or email us anytime. Hello at faithstrongtoday.com.